Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Life to the Full podcast series. This podcast series is a part of the Equip Discipleship Class podcast put out by Terwilliger Community Church. In our last episode of the Life to the Full podcast, we talked about the gospel, and we explored how the meaning of this word gospel is good news. It means good news. And so that led us to ask the questions of, well, what is this news and why is it good? So by tracing the story of the Bible, we identified that Jesus's gospel message surely was good news. And more than that, we talked about why the gospel message was also the life to the full message. In addition to that, we saw that this good news, life to the full message was not locked in the first century, but it in fact invites you and I to experience life to the full today. In this episode, I want to continue to explore the gospel and discuss how this good news, this full life message can radically impact our lives on a day-to-day basis. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Life to the Full podcast, a podcast series designed to help you understand and experience the full life that Jesus came to bring. There's a story of a police officer who was placed in charge of the L.A. Freeway Squad. When he took over from the squad, he went to check out the vehicles that they used. They had these specially built Oldsmobiles with four roll bars on the inside. These cars were designed to go fast. This police officer took an opportunity to join a lieutenant of the squad for a ride-along, so he found himself sitting on an overpass at 3 a.m. waiting for high-speed cars to race by. Sure enough, a Corvette goes flying underneath them, and they take off after it. The police officer on this ride-along watched as the car speedometer climbed over 130 kilometers an hour. In the pursuit, this gauge continued to climb 140, 150, 160, 180, 210 kilometers an hour. The police car backed off the Corvette and clocked it at 195 kilometers an hour. The pursuit finally came to an end, and the two young drivers jumped out of their car, and they came running towards the police officers, excitement all over their faces, asking the question, what in the world have you got under the hood of that thing? After arresting the men and impounding their vehicles, the new police officer asked the lieutenant, how were we able to go so fast without the engine becoming unstable or even exploding? The lieutenant shared with the newer cop, We don't have to worry about it becoming unstable or exploding because before we did any work to these cars, we consulted the manufacturer. They made the engine. They told us just how much we could adapt the engine without wrecking it. They've told us how we can get the most out of the engine without blowing it. And we've stayed within their instruction. Well, I love that story. Not only because I think it would be fun to fly down a freeway at speeds I could only imagine but also because it has something to teach us about the full life. Like that car, we too have a designer, a creator. And just as a vehicle manufacturer knows what is best to get the most out of an engine, so too our creator, our Father God, knows how we are to get the most out of our lives without blowing it. He knows how we are to best experience life because He designed it. He created it. When I look around at our world, I really don't think people get this. In fact, it seems that our society wants to completely push the idea of humanity being created by God out of the conversation. 
What confuses me about this is that our culture seems so unsure on issues of identity and purpose, yet they're so sure about pushing away the truth that gives us assurance of both of these things. Our culture insists that they know the way to the best life and that a loving creator should have nothing to do with it. So society has attempted to craft the best life out of their own imaginations. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be working well. Author Brené Brown comments that we are the most obese, in-debt, over-medicated adult cohort in North American history. And this somehow is the full life. I don't think so. A popular magazine ran an article three years ago publishing survey results to this question. If you could say in one word what you want more of in your life, what would it be? If you could say in one word what you want more of in your life, what would it be? The most selected answers were happiness, freedom, peace, joy, balance, fulfillment, and confidence. Wow, that is quite the list. These are in fact all very good things, yet things that people have identified that they do not have. I have to ask though, how might you answer that question? If I asked you to say in one word what you want more of in your life, what would it be? Perhaps something on that list resonated with you. I know it sounds like I'm harping on our culture or our world right now, but I have to admit that the same discontentment that I see in our culture, the same striving after the full life, it isn't that different than the discontentment that I can see in my own life, which is the same discontentment that I tend to see in the church. Many people come to Jesus, they become Christian, yet they're still deeply unhappy. They feel trapped, they feel though peace is fleeting, struggling to maintain any sense of joy. Why is that? Here I am speculating, but I found it to be true in my own life. Missing out on the full life that Jesus came to bring comes from seeking the full life in all of the wrong places. It's living in such a way that my actions, my choices, they become evident of me believing that full life will be found in so many other places than the person of Jesus. But remember what we talked about last time, that whatever a full life is, it has to have its foundation on the person and the work of Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's what John chapter 10, 10 is getting at there. But it's like I take that and I, I know that and it's almost like I set it aside and instead I become this mechanic who's trying to alter a vehicle without consulting the manufacturer. I try to figure out what the full life is on my own, apart from Jesus. And then I'm left wondering why my life is not operating in the way that I wish it did. And I think a part of this for my own life is because when I think of this good news message of Jesus, this life to the full message, I, I often reduce it down to forgiveness of my sins and eternity when I die. We talked about that in the last episode. And as I said in the last episode, it's not that that definition of the gospel being forgiveness of sins and eternity when we die is wrong. It's just that I think that it's incomplete because it misses out on what this good news, life to the full message has to say to us in our day-to-day lives. In this case, the solution to the lack of satisfaction that I think I feel in my life and I think that other people tend to feel in their lives 
I think the, the answer or solution to it is actually right in front of us. It's sitting in this good news message. A news story uh, ran several years ago with the title that sometimes what you're looking for is closer than you think. And it goes on to tell about a woman who was on a tour in Iceland. And while viewing some of the country with this tour, she decided to take a few minutes to herself and freshen up. And this involved her changing some of what she was wearing, which was fine, except when she was gone, those from the group that knew her noticed that she was missing, and they got concerned. Time passed by, they organized a search party to find this missing friend, and the missing friend rejoins the group and is given the description of a missing member of the tour. And the returned woman didn't realize that they were talking about her. So she joined the search party. Well, as time passed, she realized her error. The search was called off. (laughs) And what they were looking for was truly closer than they thought. This woman from the tour wasn't lost at all. She was there the whole time. You know, for Christians, I think that experiencing the full life really is closer than we think. Because this good news message, this gospel message within it is the full life. And there's elements of us understanding the gospel that we're really good at, as I mentioned before. Our understanding of what Jesus has done for us, we're really good at that. We understand the forgiveness of sin that he has brought for us. We understand that he paid a penalty that we could never pay. But let's call that gospel past. We're good at understanding what's happened. We're good at understanding what Jesus has done. We're also good at understanding that we're going to go to heaven when we die. Let's call this gospel future. We understand that the gift of God and the forgiveness of sins results in our privilege of experiencing eternity with God. And so both gospel past, what Jesus has done, and gospel future, us experiencing eternity with him, are both amazing and beautiful truths. But we can miss out on what we're going to call gospel present. This reality that the full life is truly closer than we think. That the gospel doesn't just have something to say to us in a past sense or a future sense, but it has something to say to us today in our day-to-day realities. Friends, be it our longing for happiness, fulfillment, peace, a sense of security, joy, freedom, a desire for rest, the list goes on. I believe that Jesus has good news for us in each one of those longings today. As the Jews awaited a Savior while under Roman rule in Israel, Many of us wait for salvation from whatever we think keeps us from feeling as though we're living the full life. The good news of Jesus has something for us in that longing. The good news of Jesus is not just good news for our past and our future, but it's good news for our present. Because I really believe that Jesus desires to meet us in these places of need. Our problem is that we too easily take our needs and we go to so many other places to have them fulfilled never considering that Jesus may have something for us. In the Gospel of John specifically, Jesus tells us a lot about who he is. He introduces himself to humanity through a series of statements. We we refer to them as the I am statements. And in these statements, Jesus makes some really interesting claims. 
While you or I might say that I am a parent or I am a good friend, Jesus said things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. There are seven of these statements. And unless you've taken shepherding as your occupation, I doubt any of us would refer to ourselves in these ways. But these statements speak to the ways Jesus brings full life. When Jesus said that he is the bread of life, he was getting at the fact that in him we find satisfaction. That that hunger in us can actually be filled by Jesus. When Jesus said he is the light of the world, he was declaring that in him we have hope no matter our circumstances. When Jesus said that he is the resurrection and the life, he was declaring that he can do the impossible, bringing that which is dead back to life. When Jesus said he is the good shepherd, he was declaring that in him we find a never-ending, never-giving-up, faithful, deeply fulfilling love and sense of belonging. When Jesus said that he is the vine, he was declaring that in him we find a strength and a power by which we can engage in our lives. It goes on. Each of these realities of Jesus' nature invites us to come to him in our places of need. And as we actually do that, as we come before him in prayer, as we take the time and cry out to him for help, we will come to know him more in these ways. We will come to experience that satisfaction, that hope, that death to life, that power, Ultimately, that full life that Jesus came to bring. One of the difficulties in this is that we often don't know what to do with our needs or our desires. And in my experience in the church is that I've often been taught that my desires are bad, that I need to keep them under control and subdue them or else they're going to lead me in living my life apart from God. Now, there is an element of truth to this. This understanding flows from passages in the Bible like Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, which says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And you know, it's true. There's a sickness and a deceitfulness about our desire, about our longing. And we're going to talk more about that in our next episode. But the problem with teaching that our desire for happiness should simply be buried is that we all know that in doing that, we're not actually dealing with anything. In fact, we're probably making things worse. Those desires are going to come up. What if instead we recognize that God created us with desire? What if we recognize that though desire can lead me to sin, desire can also lead me to God? I believe it is what we do with our desire that leads us to sin, not the desire itself. Author and pastor John Piper proposes this concept in his book, Desiring God. He invites his readers to consider that the desire to be happy is from God and that we should intensify our desire to be happy. He proposes this with this next important point that we must recognize that the deepest and most enduring happiness is only found in God. John Piper's testimony is that he has experienced immense happiness, and contentment as he found his desire met in God. His invitation is for us to do the same. And I believe that the invitation of Jesus and his 
I am statements is for us to do the same. To take the difficult, sad, bitter, frustrated, exhausted, worn out parts of our lives and bring them to Jesus. To take our longing for identity, our our longing for significance and bring that to Jesus. Seek to have these things met in Jesus. See, the good news, life to the full message of Jesus is that all of these longings and all the emotion that these longings create in us can be satisfied and met in Him. See, friends, that truly is good news. So you see how it's not just gospel past, that Jesus died for my my sins and He's forgiven my sins and I can live my life in Him. And it's not just gospel future that one day Jesus is coming back and we're going to have the privilege of spending eternity with Him, but that it's also gospel present. That the work of Jesus on this earth, the fact that he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, that in doing that, we are able now to have access to God as we come to Jesus and we find ourselves in Jesus. And as we do that, our identity changes, our purpose changes. We talked about that in the last episode. And then we can engage in this life in that new identity and with that new purpose, walking with Jesus every day in our present reality, living out of the truth of this good news, life to the full message. So I don't know where you're at in your journey. Maybe you're a bit like me and you can resonate with that list of of wanting happiness, of wanting peace, of wanting freedom, of wanting rest. And you've been maybe a Christian for a long time, or maybe you're, you're new to the faith, whatever it is. I want to encourage you to, to think of those longings, think of those desires, and, and consider how can those things actually be satisfied in Jesus? How can I take these things and bring them to Jesus? And, and we're going to talk more about that in, in future episodes. But we need to see that the reality of the gospel present, this good news present, is that our needs and our desires can be met in Jesus. Remember, He is our designer, our maker. He knows how we are to get the most out of this life without blowing it. Well, thank you for listening to the Life to the Full podcast. This podcast is a part of the Equip Podcasts put out by Terwilliger Community Church. You can learn more about Terwilliger Community Church and the Equip Discipleship classes by going to tcchurch.ca. I invite you to subscribe to and share this podcast with others. And I really encourage you to take these thoughts, concepts, and ideas and talk about them with others. You will not develop as a Christian without the accountability and the friendship of other believers. Well, God bless. And until next time, I pray that you will experience the full life that Jesus came to bring.